0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances, but they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. We will also have a segment what i call anchor coaching we'll all answer your questions about what to do and how to stand strong in a storm and give some practical helps on how to navigate that and we'll also be talking about just some fun things like staying sane, how to keep our sense of humor, how to stay distracted, so to speak, from the heaviness of the storm. And so hopefully that will be an encouragement to you as well. So I am your host, Cynthia Kavanaugh, and I am so glad you are here. Well, it's so great today to be back on the Soul Anchor podcast. And today I have to say that I have one of my very favorite people on the planet to introduce oh, today <laughs> and her name is Heidi McLaughlin welcome Heidi
1: oh I just love spending time with you so I'm so glad to be on this podcast
0: with you oh thank well you asking me It's great to be together. I wish I could give you a hug. We're separated virtually and also my friend Heidi lives in Canada. She lives in Kelowna, Canada, which is a beautiful part of British Columbia. It's a great recreation area and As we know the borders closed right now so neither one of us even if we wanted to (laughs) we'd we'd have to meet at peace arch park and stand in the middle there with umbrellas probably (laughs) this is great look and we get to do this yes i know that's so good well today we're going to talk about um heidi has a brand new book coming out um It's her fourth book, and it's called Fresh Joy, Finding Joy in the Midst of Loss, Suffering, and Hardship, and you are going to love this book. This is an incredible book that was birthed from her heart and her life experience, but let me tell you a little bit about her first before we dive in. She is the mom and stepmom of a blended family of five kids, and she has 12 grandchildren. Now, Heidi, you wanna ask, how old is your oldest grandchild? Oh really, Cynthia? <laughs> okay, we won't go there. She has twelve grandchildren, from from all the way to little bitty to ones that she can even go out golfing with sometimes. Yes. That's yes. right. Yes, right. And she has, uh, as I mentioned, she's uh, written four books, with this fresh joy being the latest one. And she's written three Bible studies. She is an international speaker. Um, and she loves to golf, and she also loves shoes, and maybe we'll have a little story from her about (laughs) shoes. We have a kindred spirit, and that before we were, as we were prepping for this interview, we were both sharing about how, because of the pandemic here, we both have shoes in our closet who still have the tags on them that are just dying to be worn somewhere, but there's nowhere to go, (laughs) so Exactly right. I told her, I said, Heidi, let's just wear them around the house, right? We just not wait for the, for the party to go. To you want know to. I'm going to have to do that, Cynthia. Yes, for sure. <laughs> that, that's what's going to bring us a little bit of joy. But I first met Heidi um, years ago. We were actually uh, trailing each other as speakers at a women's retreat And um, she, I can't remember if I was the first one at this particular camp, or you were, I think you were, and then, I can't remember, we just, we ended up connecting, and um, then we both uh, belonged to Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, Heidi introduced me to that wonderful group of women, and just... From there, she has been a confidant, a mentor, she's a very wise woman, and I've just appreciated her so much. And I know that you are going to absolutely fall in love uh, with her today as she shares a bit of her story that is written in this book, Fresh Joy. So Heidi, let me ask you, I know this book really, out of all the other ones that you've written, this one is a little uh, unique let's Mm -hmm. say a little unique and it was uh, it was birthed out of some very different circumstances than the other ones and took you quite a while if I remember because I remember asking okay Heidi when's your next book coming out yeah and you weren't quite ready so tell us a little bit of the background first the backstory of uh, writing this book Fresh Joy.
1: Fresh Joy thank you Cynthia for that great introduction I didn't think I would be writing another book, to be honest, Cynthia, because after my third book came out, just months after that, my second beloved husband, Jack, was going into the kitchen for a cup of coffee, and he dropped, and while I was doing CPR on him, he died. Now, Jack was my second husband. My first beloved husband of 28 years died two weeks before Christmas in 1994 while he was playing basketball. Oh. So the death of my beloved Jack in 2016 literally flattened me, changed my world. And I did never, ever think, Cynthia, I would write a book on fresh joy. But the, the grieving journey was so intense and so hard. And you know my personality a bit. Yes. I like to laugh. I like to have fun. I love conversations and I love all of that. And that was all gone. For over a year, and I just prayed, God, I just want my joy back. God, mm. I want it back so much. How can I get my joy back? And for the last three years, well, four actually, even during the period of grief, God showed me how we can have joy in spite of our circumstances. And so such a book, hard story. This this book was birthed out of deep pain.
0: Pain to bring me to fresh joy. Yeah, such a hard story, Heidi. I I remember uh, when when it happened, and I was just in absolute shock because you two were just like a hand in glove, so to speak. You know, just walking in rhythm and your love for God together, and you just the fact that you even in your grieving. You know sometimes, in grief, you know we want to get back to what our life was before, and we yeah. might rush that process and What I love about you, Heidi, is that you really waited on God in that, and you allowed you allowed yourself to walk through that pain of deep grief you didn 't rush that, and you pulled out of speaking, um, you decided yeah. to that you weren 't ready for that, that you weren 't ready to participate in yeah. some things and you know where some people might have thought well i'm not so sure that's a good idea she needs to get back into things you know where other people you know i just think it was very i think it was wisdom on your part um because out of this as you say this book has been birthed and you've had you know time to process um such a hard i mean this didn't happen to you one one time you know it's, it's hard enough to lose a loved one 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 time but then to have To lose to experience the same thing, just different circumstances a second time. A sudden death like that is quite is it doesn't seem quite fair, Heidi, to me. But I'd like to have a little talk with God about that for you. You're such a tender hearted, loving person, but but I I know you've worked through some of that as well. Obviously, obviously I did, and and you're right, Cynthia. I did take
1: an entire year off now. On top of the grief of losing my husband, the second grief was cancelling a, cancelling a whole year of speaking and traveling yes. engagements. That was a secondary grief. But I knew that I had to do that because I already went through it once. And you know, you cannot fool grief yes. and you cannot sidestep grief. You cannot bury it. You have to walk through it. And you have to go and you have to do the hard work for it to get through it and heal. So I knew if I was going to come through this healthy and find joy, I had to do it right. And that was the hard work
0: of just, oh my goodness, Cynthia, it killed me to cancel my speaking engagement. Yes, I know know it did. I know it wasn't easy for you. I mean, I sense that grief in even, I remember when we had a, Uh, brief conversation about that, how hard that was for you. Um, You know, one of the things that I remember about you and Jack, and I think this plays into or leads into uh, the next thing I want to ask you about is one thing I so appreciate about you and Jack is you had this incredible rhythm of prayer as a couple. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I believe you even had a spreadsheet of people that you prayed for. Still do. Still do. And yeah. you would have your coffee time and prayer yeah. together every, every morning. Am I right about that? That is right. Yes. Yes. We and have, so be, go ahead. We had, we had two wing chairs
1: in our living room here. And those were all of our children knew those were our prayer chairs. And every morning we met at about 6.20, 6.30. And we had devotions together. And then we prayed together. We prayed for each other. We prayed We prayed off of a spreadsheet. And I, to this day, I've been doing that spreadsheet for about 24 years. And I still have wow. that spreadsheet so that every day, because we've got a large family, so that every day we would make sure we covered sure. everybody. And Cynthia, you know over the years your name's been on that spreadsheet i know that and i'm so yeah. grateful and when that name is on the spreadsheet it stays on there mm. until god has answered that prayer and so i don't I, I do that i i love that spreadsheet because that way i don't forget to pray for
0: people mm. and when i
1: say i'm going to pray for somebody i want to pray for them
0: And I believe that it's a privilege to be on on Heidi's spreadsheet. Trust me, it is her power, her prayers are powerful. And I so appreciated your sweet Jack as well, um, praying too. And so, as that foundation that you had, you know, you have your own individual faith and your own relationship with God. And your husband, of course, had his, but together, you two were a powerhouse of that. So, when when Jack graduated to heaven, we'll just say that's what he did. He Thank graduated. He graduated to heaven. Yes. Um. That didn't stop. You know, you continued to because you had that foundation. You had that habit built into your life. You continued to listen and wait on God, and that's why you took the year off. That's why you said no and and listened to Him. Um. Even about the response to being obedient to choosing to write about what happened, which isn't easy. So Mm -hmm. how, in the process of the grieving and the waiting and the processing and the praying and all of that, how did you manage to, you said, I wasn't going to write another book. So then what was the moment that God said, Heidi, I want you to tell this story? I wanted.
1: It was about two years ago when I could feel my joy coming back, which I never thought I'd have again. Cynthia, I was really broken for a long time, and I and I wanted my joy back and. I got it back. God gave it back to me in different ways and different snippets. And I thought this is something the world needs to know because we want, we want, we think we want joy, but we get joy out of our successes, out of our accomplishments. We get joy out of our adventures, out of a new pair of shoes. We, we want, yes, we want those things in life that we think bring us joy. But when you lose everything that you thought you had, Hmm. How can you have joy? And I needed th- I need the world to know we can have joy in spite of anything that happens in yes. our lives, in spite of the darkness, in spite of where everything, where your, your future has been evaporated. That in spite of that, you can have joy, but it's not easy. You have yes. to work for it and you have to know how to get it. And it's 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 not like you can say, well, today I'm just gonna get up and have joy. That's part of it, but it's it's more than that. Joy is joy is available to us through the resources of heaven and
0: we have to tap into it and that takes work. So what are some of what what does some of that work look like? Because obviously our emotions are telling us i'm sad i don't want to do this i hate my life right now and you know so what are some of the things that god spoke to you about that that pushed you so to speak to to have to work to get that joy back one of the biggest things that i
1: did and god has taught me to do in 2010 was to learn to have an attitude of thankfulness and you've heard me talk about this before and i talk about it a lot because i have found that through this thankfulness became the superpower leading me to joy you see because when we're in a spirit of thankfulness see, first of all let me backtrack when we're in grief or when we're sad or we're going through a hard time we carry that around in us that's an inward we have all those feelings consumed with those feelings they empower those feelings are the power in our life that day so but when we stop when I stop and pull out my gratitude journal and I look up I look upward and I remember the grace of God. I remember the beauty of God. I remember the smell of an orange peel. I remember that I have food in Mm. my, I remember I have friends. I remember I have shoes in my closet. I remember the beauty outside. I remember the goodness of God. And there's something that shifts in our spirit when we do that. When we do that, God, we enter into the presence of God. Mm. And in that moment Nothing changes except my perspective. And yes. all of a sudden you can breathe again. You can say, God, you are with me. I can get through this. And, you know, it's not just a one-time thing in the morning. I've had to learn to be grateful throughout the day mm-hmm. and so remember, remember that God is with me. And I still have my gratitude journal 10 years ago, I started this, and that's another story I don't want to get into, but I started my gratitude journal in 2010, and I decided to number each item. I like to keep things simple, like a
0: spreadsheet, right? (laughs) Right? I don't know if spreadsheets are always simple, Heidi, but that works for you. (laughs) That's good. Well, I decided to
1: number all my thankful items. Number and then one line, number and one line. Yes. And so today I was on line number six thousand three hundred and I'm going to ten thousand reasons to be grateful Mm -hmm. to God because that love that journey to finding joy. Because when I am thankful, I remember who God is, and I can get through that. It has been It has been a life-saving discipline for me. And it's not just a discipline I do in the morning. It's a discipline I try to do all throughout the day to be thankful for everything that God has given to me. Because, Cynthia, I can wallow in self-pity. Oh, my goodness. I could tell you all the things going on in my life. I could (laughs) wallow in self-pity right now, especially with COVID. But I, I choose to look up.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like you said, excuse me, like you said, it's your superpower that leads you to joy. And I love that. And you, you talk about in the the book that, you know, the certain numbers of gratitude to make certain points within the book of what led you to that place. And you share that in the book. And I love that. And I, you know, I've heard that before, but I like the idea that you've, you started in 2010 and you're, you're continuing to number. And so I think, I think what that does is, you know, that's such a legacy for one thing. But the other thing is, so then throughout the day, like, do you write it down at night or do you write it down in the morning or how does that look like practically speaking? I do it
1: in the morning. It's my act of worship. I open my gratitude journal and I sit in it. I sit in that moment and I look around and I go back over yesterday and the rest of the day and I go back, I go back through what has happened the day before and I look around me for the day ahead and then I write them down. But what I've also had to learn to do is to be grateful throughout the day for little things. like even standing in line in a grocery store, you can just get so grumbly, right? Yes. <laughs> to be thankful that we live in a country where we can buy food. Because I've been to other countries where we don't have these types of things. So to be grateful for throughout the day, instead of being frustrated and angry, I try to make it gratitude. Yes.
0: And that just so reflects in your personality, Heidi. I I love that about you. And like you said, it, it it does take work. It does take work. The gratitude is our superpower that leads to joy. And because if we just were thankful when we felt like it, we, I don't know that I would be a very thankful person. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's much easier when you're excited about something to be, Oh, I'm so excited about this and thankful about that. I think the act of worship to God really when he smiles is when we're able out of hardness and sadness and suffering to be able to observe and see, like you said, you know, the smell of an orange peel or the crispness of the fall air or like today I made, you know, little pumpkin maple leaves with, a You know a bread recipe with my granddaughter and it's just those little everyday delights that we can be thankful that can bring a smile to our face and and bring joy i and i think that's so important so i i love that so how about how do you find joy though when you've prayed for something fervently over and over again And you're just not seeing the answer that you would like to see. And it's just about killing you. How do you, how do you resurrect your joy during those times? That's a
1: very good question. And I had to work through that because Jack dropped. And while I did CPR on him, he did his last breath. He took his last breath, but the paramedics came and revived. They brought back a heartbeat. And so we had such hope that he would make it. So we asked people all across North America and into Europe to pray. And we prayed fervently for Jack to be healed and for Jack to, we were all praying. Everybody was praying. Thousands of people were praying and Jack did not make it. And so I had, there was two, there's two things that helped me to deal with that. Of course you, you realize, God, you didn't answer my prayer. And my heart is literally broken. But there's two things. The the first one is that I I learned this when my first husband died in Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Mm,
0: and my ways
1: are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I have to bring that back to that place. God knows more than I do his ways are higher I will never understand how God functions but I know that this is part of life part of life is suffering part of life is death and it's not that God was just being mean to me this is just part of life and then to remember that there's a lower story that we're going through the daily life the daily momentum all the frustrations, all the joys, all the things in life that happen. But there's an upper story from my, my life from beginning to end is a straight line of God taking me to my end purpose. And so my lower story of his ups and downs is actually part of God's upper story that is taking me mm-hmm. to my life. And Death and suffering is all part of it. And I know God wasn't being mean because God sent his son to die for me. That kind of love, I'm going to cry. That kind of love, a God like that cannot be mean. A God like that loves us too much. But death is just part of life.
0: It is. I mean, we know that. But I think in our, our culture, we don't, grieve <laughs> we don't see that and so it's it's not as common we ignored or we deny that it's going to happen i i guess you know so we don't allow even allow people to have opportunity to grieve i mean you know over 100 years ago people would uh they would wear black for a year there was certain protocol you know that you did and i'm not saying we should go back to that but but in that there was a sense of a sacredness of of allowing people to work through the process of a, of a deep loss and ponder the things like you're talking about, you know, how do we restore your joy? How, you know, how do we interact with our creator God, you know, trying to understand, but also knowing that he sees the bigger picture. And like you said, there's something going on in the, mm-hmm. in the upper. And, you know, Heidi, I just love your heart. So, so tender, your, your walk with God is just, such a beautiful picture of redemption um, just in your own life, but your, your gratitude. It's easy to see your gratitude of what Christ has done for you, what he has done for me. It, it should move us in, you know, in, in that way. And, and I think that only comes from walking through deep, deep hardship and, and suffering when we're really able to see um, and understand the depth That Jesus knows he understands he's been there, right? And and yet he didn't have to do that, right? Like it says, it says
1: for the joy set before him. Yes. He suffered and endured the sorry, there's a little tear running down. No, that's good. He suffered suffered and endured the cross. And so there is joy set before us. It's already there. It's just a matter of getting through this life to get to the final joy. But we can have that joy here already, knowing that that joy set before us, what what Jesus did for us, is just so amazing. Joy is the currency of heaven. It's oh, I us. love
0: that. I love that. That's perfect. That's it's good. Joy perfect. is, I'm writing that down. Joy is the currency of heaven, and there is going to be so much joy there, for sure. <laughs> and joy that we don't even have a clue that's even better than the best pair of shoes we could ever yes. <laughs> imagine. Right. Yes. Right. Or even the most beautiful, you know, picture of creation that we would stand in, stand in awe. But you know, in your book, of course you tell your story, you tell about God, how he helped you um, to bring back your joy in the process and using the gratitude, but what other um, hopes and dreams do you have uh, for the reader who's reading your book that if the, you know, they might not have experienced exactly what you've experienced, but experienced some sort of hardship or suffering, but what else are you hoping the reader will walk away with after reading your book?
1: Oh, oh so many things. Cause there's 12 chapters on, on, on that, but to To realize that in the darkness of our life and through the hardest things that we go through, God is doing his, his best work. It is when we are suffering, when we are just broken, that God is reshaping us into something more magnificent that cannot be done any other way and not to push away Uh, From that that darkness, but to allow allow yourself to learn from it and to seek Him, and to know that He is always there with us in that place, helping us, walking with us, and He wants us to seek Him and and to bring us into that love relationship. There's nothing more important in this life that we're going through than to deepen our love relationship with God, because that's where all of our strength comes from. And at the end of each chapter, I have, in every chapter, I have ways to literally grow your joy. So I am a practical person, spreadsheets, numbering your (laughs) journal. So at the end of every chapter, I have three, four, five ways and how you can actually grow that joy. So it's not just a book about, here, I'm telling you this. Here's a part of, here's what you can do. Because it's one thing for us to tell people something, but then we need to go and do it. That's so right. I want that's true. To know that we're not victims; we can be victors. No matter what we have lost, we're we're we can be victorious. We always can, but it
0: takes intentionality and work. So it's not easy. I mean, that's what we're. That's what I'm hearing, and. And so this book, Fresh Joy, can be used as a tool because sometimes, you know, I'm a melancholy personality. I mean, I can be like, it could be a beautiful sunny day and I could be like Eeyore and say, oh, there's that cloud over there, you know, and my friends are all, but I will be the melancholy one that might be the total opposite there. And, and, you know, it really does take work. If, if you tend yeah. to have a, more of a melancholy personality, it it is difficult. Um, I'm not saying it's easier for other kind of personalities. I think it's just in general, it's, it's difficult for all of us. And, but we, it's, a, it's a choice of our will. We, I think we have one of two choices. We can say, I'm going to just stay here and be miserable and turn into be an angry, cranky person, right? Who Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. And I guess when you start to see, I know for myself, when I'm in deep suffering or hurt or pain... What scares me the most is when I see it, how it's changing me in the wrong way because I'm not choosing to be intentional yeah. about being grateful and asking God to help me and trying to like struggle outside of the boat on my own in the cra- in the waves instead of getting in the boat with Jesus and recognizing mm-hmm. that, you know, he he's not necessarily gonna calm what's going on around me but he's can calm my heart and give me peace right which can then give me the joy and and so this book would be great would you say for uh, a book study um even a bible study group could could use this as a tool absolutely because there's a lot there for
1: discussion there's a a lot of biblical application you and you were kind enough to endorse my book so beautifully. So you have read it. So, you know, there's a lot of biblical stories. Yes, biblical very stories strong. In yes. There. And then, of course, those ways to grow your joy at the end are great ways for discussion on
0: how do we actually do that. Yes, I love that, that that's what you put in the book is, you know, ways to grow your joy. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it gives, it implies that, You have to work at it. Just like if you're going to plant your, uh, your bulbs, your winter bulbs, wanting them to come up in the spring, you know, you're not just going to leave them in the garage in a, in a bucket and hope that they're going to be flowers. (laughs) You know, you have to get out there and get it in the earth and take care of it and tend to it and all of that so that you will see the beauty of what you, what you planted. And, And I think that's what you're saying as well with this book is that, that we have to be intentional about growing our joy. Exactly. Because it's one thing to read a nice story and say, that sounds
1: great. Yeah. I wish I could have that too. Well, you can, you can have that
0: too, but there's certain things it takes to have that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love Heidi, that you tell your story, you tell your hard, deepest, hardest moments of the last few years, but you don't leave us there. You don't leave us there. You tell the story and we're not sitting there feeling bad for you. I mean, we do feel bad, right? Just empathize um, with such a hard story you've had to walk through. But but I, what I love about it is you don't leave us there. You actually take us by the hand and show us that you too, or myself, can have that same joy. It isn't that, you know... You have the joy fairy or something, right? You know, that you're just especially anointed that you're the only one that got this joy because of this circumstance. It can, it can happen for any of us, no matter what we walk through. It doesn't have to be, you know, the death of a, a loved one. It could be, you know, something, something else in your life that was a really hard thing for you to walk through. And um, it, it can, it applies in all of our circumstances, yep. all yep. of our levels of suffering, I guess is what I'm saying. There's different yep. levels of suffering in life and, you know, heaven forbid, we wait till the hardest level of suffering before we learn this. Right. Oh, I, mean, I know. right. I like, know. let's, let's learn it. Like Cynthia, let's learn it now. Let's learn it with, you know, like, um, um kind of a more minor disappointment in life. Like I didn't get the job I wanted or I, you know, I wasn't able to go see my kids in, you know, Alberta because of COVID. I haven't seen my grandchildren for a while. You know, how can I turn, you know, something like that into, um, making joy, my superpower, right. Instead of, you know, bemoaning the fact of something that I am not able to do. So I think it, it, it's a great book, uh, "Fresh Joy." Just I love the title "Fresh Joy" mm-hmm. because that's what we need yeah. when we're in circumstances mm-hmm. like that. We, it, it has to look different than it did for the last circumstance, right? Yeah, yeah. we need new and fresh joy. And the
1: more we learn, the fresher it becomes. Like it's, in, and when when we have those revelations that it is available to us, there's like, oh it's it's like a fresh revelation it is it is possible to have that and i love what you just said about that that last part that you just talked about another thing for joy is we have to realize that our circumstances everything in life is temporary and that is another huge thing that got me through to find joy is jesus and i love the 23rd psalm i know that it's a familiar psalm, but Jesus walked us through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm. He walked me through my grief. And we walk through our pain. We're not stuck there. We're walking through that. And when we know that something is temporary, COVID is temporary. That's right. That's right. This too shall pass. This too shall (laughs) pass. It's true. And my grief was temporary. The divorce pain will be temporary. The bankruptcy is temporary. Our pain is temporary. And there's joy out there for to have that. But if we feel that we're stuck, we'll get stuck on our stuckness. We have to realize that we're going to get through this.
0: Yes, I know. That was... It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible and don't laugh it's uh, and it came to pass <laughs> and it came to pass knowing that, that it, not a, anything we're walking through life. that's going to be, you know, going to be forever that there there will be light at the end of the tunnel as the, as the old saying goes. But oh, Heidi, we're so looking forward to this book. So tell us something fun about yourself, though. Um, I like to ask my guests what something fun about um, you that maybe might not be in your bio or that we would hear if we're listening to you uh, speak somewhere.
1: Well, when you travel with me to Columbia, you you realize that there's one place that I need to go and buy some more shoes and I leave a spot in my suitcase. I got to come back from Columbia, the shoes, because Cynthia, Columbia, they just have the best shoes in Columbia. Really?
0: And oh no, so I need different. to go there.
1: And so, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I need another pair of shoes, but when I go to Colombia, I just got to go to that shoe store and get those shoes. So oh, That's yeah, fun. I, that's I fun. Shoes. And what? I'm crazy on the golf course. Yeah, I'll follow, I'll I'll chase that little white ball around. It just gives me, that
0: That gives me a lot of joy. Mm. Well, you know what, that is good because, you know, golf is the the, one of those games and I golf too, not, I'm not an avid golfer like you, but golf, I say is a sport you love to hate because there can be moments of great joy on the golf course and other moments where I'm hiding behind a tree using some yes. choice words that I don't normally use. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. but it's so much fun. Well, where can we find you, Heidi? Where would people find you? The book will be ready for
1: pre-order at the end of October on amazon.com or CA. And by then you'll be able to buy it off my website, heartconnection.ca.
0: But Amazon is the best place to get the book. It'll be there soon. Okay. And if you're interested in having Heidi come for a women's event, um, Mm -hmm. speaking, uh, teaching, she is a fabulous communicator, as you can have already enjoyed listening to her today. She loves the Word of God. Her heart is for prayer. Her heart, heart is to see women flourish. And she would be an amazing um, addition to your women's event. And I know things are starting to open up. And so hopefully and prayerfully, those speaking schedules for both of us will start to get fuller (laughs) through the next few years. But, you know, it's interesting just how God has just even shifted that, right? Like, um, you know, making more things available on the Internet, which is great, too. Finding new ways to um, continue to do what God's asked us to do so so Heidi doing. pardon and what we're doing right yes. now this is wonderful it's yeah. great yes yes so thank you so much Heidi for being willing to share today with um, the listening audience and I just know that you've been a real blessing and we are all going to look at joy differently and we are going to look at joy as our superpower I'm going to tuck that away And think of that as that's what's going to lead my heart to joy to, to God is, is that superpower of joy. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, Cynthia, for having me on today. Thank you for giving me such a great endorsement on the book. And thank you for being such a champion that you have been of mine for so many years. You know, I just love you.
0: And thank you for this precious time we've had together. Yes, it's been great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. I just love spending time with my friend Heidi. She is just a breath of fresh air and I've learned so much for her. And I, like I said, I'm going to tuck that phrase away that, you know, gratitude is our superpower to joy, to leveraging joy in the midst of hardship, pain and suffering. We can have joy. So I hope that was encouraging to you. And so it's time again for our anchor coaching and as i've been doing you're going to listen again as i'm going to say this But i'm saying i'm just giving you a question to think about in reflection on what we've heard and so i just want to ask you to think about you know what is the joy stealer for you lately and yes life is hard and you know sometimes we can be in such incredible pain that it's just really hard to have any kind of joy. And, you know, I just want to be really clear here too, is when we have joy and when Heidi says that she found her joy again, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're jumping up and down and rah, rah, rah and all of that. It's it's more that, you know, as James says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials and consider it all joy. And I believe that that word joy means It isn't necessarily that you're feeling rah, rah, happy up and down, like I said, but more it means having that peace and the security and the stability to know that even in the midst of the storm, that Jesus is with us, that he is right next to us and he's carrying us and he's helping us. And it doesn't mean we're not going to have bad days. We're not going to find ourselves in a heap in a puddle some days. But I think what that word joy means and having joy in the midst of sorrow and disappointment means we don't have to live there 24 7. Yes, we'll have our moments, but we will have joy as we trust and lean in and knowing that God is going to sustain us in the middle of the storm. I once heard a saying a long time ago, I think it was in a book, possibly. That God doesn't bring us out into the wilderness to kill us, <laughs> to destroy us. Or He doesn't bring us out in the middle of the storm and our little dinghy and the waves are beating against us to destroy us, right? He, We're out there. He's with us. He's teaching us. He's refining us. He's helping us. He's caring with us. He's sharing the load the burden a scripture also talks about that how he wants to carry our load so my question to you again is what is a joy stealer for you this week so think about that and then take that joy stealer and ask God to help you turn that around to turn it around where you can revel in his presence and in his love knowing that he is right with you, that he hasn't forgotten you, that he hasn't abandoned you, that he sees the bigger picture, and that he is going to bring bring it to pass the purposes in your life for good, even though it doesn't look like it right now. And so again, I would just love the opportunity just to pray for you as we just close our time today, asking God that he would help us all in the midst of our hard seasons that God would give us, that he would restore our joy, restore our joy to celebrate and worship him and love him, and to be able to find joy in serving others, even in the midst of our hardship, that we would be able to do that. So God, I just thank you for each of my listeners on the other side of this microphone, Lord, um, You love them. You are incredibly, incredibly concerned about their lives. And so, God, I just ask right now that you would help us all to identify what is stealing our joy and that we would just bring it to you as an offering. And we would just hold out our hand and say, God, here's what's trying to steal my joy and help me to see it another way. Help me to see another perspective so that I don't lose my joy, that you can restore my joy. You can renew my joy. You can give me peace. You can give me hope in the midst of the storm. And so God, I pray comfort and peace and truth and hope and healing over anyone today that needs it in this way. And so God, we thank you for our time together and we ask this in your name. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you as we are in the midst of the week before our election, that let's continue to be in prayer for our nation. Let's continue to be in prayer for our rulers. I know this last month, God has really helped me to see how important this is. And I need to keep this up beyond the election, right? I I need to keep it up. I need to be praying for those in authority over us. And so I just encourage you as well, because, you know, prayer, God can move mountains through prayer. And if we all join on the bandwagon together, and I know I have lots of friends who are just amazing prayer warriors, and I just don't want to leave this particular concern off my prayer list. So I'd encourage us to be in prayer this whole week, that no matter what happens, that we would just remember that God is still on the throne, not trying to sound trite or over-spiritualizing, but just knowing that God is he knows what's going on. This is not surprising him no matter what happens. And so I just pray that you have a great week. I pray that God would surprise you, that you would have joy and that you would feel and know his presence and that you would be able to be stand firm and be anchored in the storm. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Soul Anchor. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. That's thesoulanchor.com to receive the show notes and resources to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing or sharing this podcast, or maybe even all three? I'd be ever so grateful. Until next time. Remember, you are not alone. God is for you, and you will get through this.